0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today I have my friend Suzanne here who is actually from my previous life. Suzanne and I originally met because she was one of my styling clients when I had my personal styling business and we got to know each other and have grown our businesses alongside each other. She's actually local here to where I'm at in Cleveland. She's just a little ways down the road. And as I was putting this podcast together, I knew I wanted to have someone talk about creating spaces for us as mom entrepreneurs. I had realized I created my own, what I call a little oasis during my mompreneur journey. And it helped me do this with a little bit more ease. So I knew I wanted to have somebody on to tell us how to create our own spaces and oasises for ourselves. So I'm going to share a little bit more about Suzanne besides her just being one of my business besties and friends, and then she's going to hop in and share with us her journey to becoming a mompreneur and what she's doing today. Suzanne Harvey is the owner and lead interior designer at Suzanne M. Harvey Designs. Not only is she a wife to her husband, Brian, of 21 years, a mom to both her 10-year-old son and her two-year-old bulldog puppy, but she's also been rocking this mom entrepreneur life for the last nine years. Suzanne specializes in designing rooms that are both beautiful and fully functional, which as we know as moms is a must have. So Suzanne, thank you so much for being here. I have so many questions I want to ask you, but before we hop into that, let's get started with your business timeline. Can you walk us through how you became a mompreneur, the steps that you've taken to get to where you are now and what your business looks like today? I always find that's helpful and relatable to learn each other's real business timelines.
1: Of course. Thank you, Megan, so much for the opportunity to share a little bit about what I do and hopefully help other moms that are on this crazy, amazing journey. For me, I was needing a change in my career Mm -hmm. and I loved to work around my house and I had been around construction in previous jobs. And so I got a wild idea in my early thirties to go back to school. I got my degree in interior design. And when I graduated I had a six month old and no job prospects. We were in the middle of a recession that was pretty significant, especially on the real estate front. No firms were hiring. And here I am with an infant Mm -hmm. and I'm doing an internship. And the woman I'm interning with says, you should do this. You should just go out and start your own business. I had no idea what that meant, what that Mm -hmm. looked like, how I would do that with a six month old. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But here we are nine years later. And now I've got my son helping a little bit. He's 10, but he's got a pretty good eye. And that's been the most fun is having something that I love and I'm passionate about and being able to bring my son into it Mm -hmm. and other family members who get drug along the way. (laughs) I don't know that I would recommend that path but it's mine and it's been a wonderful blessing over these last nine years.
0: I love that. As many people know, I was raised by a mompreneur. And so my experience has just been jumping into entrepreneurship, but I've also interviewed other amazing women on the podcast who have done that more traditional transitioning from a nine to five, doing the side hustle and then taking off with that once it goes more full time. And so I can totally relate to your story and you just figure it out. Like, yes. this is what you want to do. And you just jump in head first. So your son was six months old and somebody just said, go start it. You've got to do this. You're meant to do this. Can you share a bit of that journey of it's like, what did you do to build up your clientele and get into a groove where it could be this full-time supporting gig that now your son gets to help with?
1: Uh, yeah. It's, it's especially challenging when you have an infant, Yeah, I was very fortunate. The first thing that I did was I got connected with a nonprofit professional organization, Mm -hmm. which for me was critical because I didn't have trade contacts. All the other designers that I was familiar with started in a business that was connected, whether that was selling furniture or window treatments or whatever. Mm -hmm. I I was selling garage doors, so I could sell you garage doors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that was really important not only for the connections, but mm-hmm. the experience that comes along with those professional organizations. And in our industry, it's mostly women Yeah, and mostly moms. Mm-hmm. And these were women that I could talk to who had already been through the process, who mm-hmm. had already juggled the, I'm starting my business and I have infants. And they did it during a time when women didn't have the support systems that we have now and the acceptance of the opportunity mm-hmm. for us to really, I mean, we run the world, but nobody knew it back then. Right. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and so having women that were 15, 20 years older than me mm-hmm. who had all of this design experience, but mom, life experience. Yeah. And, and when they're saying, you know, if you have to take your child to the job site, you have to take your child. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. That was immensely helpful. Mm -hmm. I was an older mom. I was in my late Mm thirties. So for me, I was already established in a professional setting,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but juggling the two. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily believe you juggle the two. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that you put on the mom hat Mm -hmm. or you put on the entrepreneur hat. Yep. And and that's some of the stuff that we'll talk about later, how to set the boundaries in your physical space
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to help you set the boundaries in your brain.
0: Yes. I love that. Cause I'm the same way I need to work when it's work time and mom, when it's mom time, I know some people like to multitask and that's great. If that's what works for you, I'm all about whatever works best for you, but I have found, and I think most people who listen are going to be very similar to us where it's like, you need the separation to be able to thrive and I'm all about being present and productive. And so in order to be fully present with what you're doing, You need to have that separation, not having your kid right there and feeling extra mom guilt of not being able to do what they need to do because you're trying to do what you need to do and it becomes a vicious circle. So I totally feel you there. The other thing that I'm all about is strategy, support, and self-care. And we're definitely going to talk about the self-care part um, when we get into your strategy. But I love how you mentioned how important support was to go from that moment of, I have a six-month-old and I'm just trying to figure this out to allowing that to help you grow. It's like a lot of people use their time in a corporation to learn under somebody else's dime. Right. But you had this other experience. And I think, like I said, there's lots of ways to do things. And so it's so interesting that you had an organization and this tribe of mompreneurs that were yeah. helping you figure it out and get to where you needed to go with more ease because you could have yes. done it all on your own. But I'm sure you would attest to that would have been
1: very, very challenging more than it needed to be. Absolutely. And the other thing is, I mean, as women and moms, we need to know that there are other people who have been there, who Mm -hmm. have done it. Mm -hmm. And when you can find a group of women that are willing to share how they did it and help you, because obviously now that he's 10, Mm -hmm. my days look completely different. Right, right. And as we transitioned into preschool and into elementary school, my business continued to grow because Mm -hmm. I just had more time available. And I think the other thing for me, the most important thing for growing my business has been getting out in my community
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and being a contributing member of society, not just going out and networking to gain my own business, but to help connect others, to be a part of my community. because what people ask me to do is very personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have to know, like, and trust me, those things are really critical. And sometimes that's the hardest part mm-hmm. when your kids are little, mm-hmm. right. Cause it requires so much time mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do that and to invest. And so I think the best thing for me was I found little ways to do it along the way. Mm-hmm. And then as he got older and he went off to school and I had five days a week from (laughs) 8.30 to 3.30, Mm -hmm. then I got even more strategic about spending my time meeting people and getting out there and getting my name and my face attached to things that were important to me and that were adding value. Mm
0: -hmm. I love what you're talking about there. It's like you need the support. Obviously you need the strategy. And part of that strategy is that visibility and connection. It's not just getting out there and being visible, but it's also connecting other people and helping people. I think coming from a place of service is always the most genuine, authentic, and creates that know, like, and trust that you're talking about. Absolutely. And I think that is definitely crucial. You also mentioned having that support and seeing that tribe helps you see and know what's possible. Because if you stayed at home and you weren't visible, you weren't connecting with other people, you weren't finding that tribe of people to help you along, then you wouldn't know what's possible. And what I love about mompreneurship, like you already mentioned, now you're giving that to your son and we can give that back to our kids. I knew from a young age, I wanted to be a mompreneur. Because I saw my mom and all of my family being entrepreneurs. So that was just like, well, why wouldn't I do this? This is amazing. I knew what was possible at a very young age. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I think that's another thing that's beauty about our journey as mompreneurs is that we can then give that gift to our kids and whether they want to go that route, or maybe it just allows them to think in different ways where they can rearrange their schedule or know that whatever they want to go after, whatever their passions are, they can do it because we've modeled that for them. Absolutely, I love all of those points of your story that you're sharing. Let's move into a strategy. The fun stuff. Talk to us about creating spaces for us. Talk to us about what you're saying with boundaries. Can you walk us through your strategy there?
1: Yes. So obviously as, Moms and entrepreneurs, most of us are working from home. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a lot of home offices right now mm-hmm. because now, even more people who maybe still are moms and have a corporate job, they're working from home. Mm-hmm. And what we have found is that you have to have a dedicated workspace. Your desk and your office work cannot be in your bedroom or your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, your bedroom should be the place where you rest Mm -hmm. at the end of the day that is very relaxing. It should not be cluttered. It should not be stressful. You should not lay down and look over and see your laptop, right? You just have to get it out of there. And your kitchen is the center of your home. That's where everything happens. So you can't focus in that space. I mean, I've done it. I'm standing in there trying to work on my phone and dinner's going and dishes need done. And there's too many distractions. And so that's one thing as far as strategy, but it's also design. Even if it's a closet, there's some amazing furniture pieces that are available that literally will fit in a closet and you open the doors and you grab a chair and you're good to go. But when you're done, you close the doors. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm in a spare bedroom. Uh, I converted our spare bedroom. I was like, we don't get that many overnight guests. Right. So I'm taking over this space. I've had basement offices and mm-hmm. I love the basement mm-hmm. because there's no distractions, right? Yeah. You can't look at, you the cannot, window you can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. You can't see the kitchen and the dishes that need to be done. And as moms, that is the first key is to create a dedicated space, mm-hmm. whether it is literally a closet or a corner or whatever, not in those two specific areas, because that's where we live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So that's the first boundary that you set because that allows you to set the boundary for your work time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, I love a beautiful space, but my number one priority is does it work for you and your family? I love that. Because if it doesn't work and it's pretty, it doesn't work. So having that dedicated space allows you to say, okay, okay. When mommy is in this room and I close the door, please don't come in. Mm -hmm. I love you. I don't want you to die out there. So if it's an emergency, come and get me. Right. If it's not, it can wait. I actually have a little sign that hangs on my door Mm -hmm. that says something like, I'm busy. Please go away. And then it says, PS, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: love that. A little sign that you can put up that says, ask dad.
1: Well, and honestly, I think as we continue on this journey, we have to train our families. You know, I have mom friends that are transitioning and trying to build businesses, mm-hmm. they've been stay at home moms. Mm-hmm exclusively. And it's a big transition for your family too. So Mm. having these visual triggers that, okay, when mom's in that room Mm. and the door is closed, I can't go in there. And I mean, they they can make cute little signs. Yeah, It could be, you know, whatever you want to hang on the door.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I have my own Office space. My doors are glassed. And at the time of this recording, Sophia is only nine months. Jack is a little over two. So I can have more of a conversation with him. I like her to come into my office and she can play in here when I'm not working because I want her to feel and see the space. But Jack knows that's mom's workspace and she's yeah. working right now. And now he can say, Mom's working. And Right now, the way my schedule is, I'm actually working early in the mornings. We don't have a nanny at the current moment, our previous one left. And so my schedule is a little different, but when we had the nanny, he would say, this is the schedule mama's going to work. And when mama's all done, then she'll come back. And now I'm still verbally telling him mom was in the office while you were still sleeping this morning. And now I get to play all day. And I think that's so important that when he does get older, like your son, he can then be a part of the business. That was a part of my childhood that just drastically helped me as I got older is that I had real life experience and I understood this concept of business even if I was younger. That was immensely helpful for my work ethic moving forward into real careers and and you know when you get older to do stuff like that. So I totally feel you um, well because
1: they do, they do, they catch so much Mm -hmm. that we don't even I have I have a second business that Mm -hmm. I run. And I'll hear my son telling people about it and I'm not preaching at him about Mm -hmm. it, but it's just because he's around and he's hearing me have these conversations and I'm saying, Hey, I've got to go have this meeting with this person about this thing. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, it's a natural part of his growing up. Yeah. And he's a great advertiser for me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out a marketing job for him right yes.
0: now, so. Put him to work. I love yes. it. Okay. So the first thing that we need to do, the first boundary we need to create is that dedicated workspace. So the kids and your brain knows. This is where you go to get your stuff done and your kids know this is where mom's going to get work done and that mom is working. The next thing we need to do is have functionality of the space. So give us some tips that we should think about or have like specific desks, specific chairs. How do we make both the beautiful, because I think we all like something pretty, especially because it's our office, but how do we match the two, the beautiful and the functional?
1: Yes, so the first thing that I would say Is be highly organized, even if you're not highly organized in the rest of your house. Mm -hmm. I find that when I come into this space and my desk is clear,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: my brain can be clear.
0: Yeah.
1: And I can stay focused. So it's hard because as women, we love things Mm -hmm. and we love pretty things. Yeah. And so we get desks and then we went like this thing and this thing, and we have stuff sitting Mm -hmm. around everywhere. The desk mm-hmm. itself needs to be really simple. Your computer, a lamp, the few things that you are going to need to do whatever work you're doing, mm-hmm. but keep it really simple. A chair. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, I have to have an ergonomic chair. I've got these issues and I've got to sit here for eight hours or 10 hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I'm a huge fan of pretty upholstered chairs. I'm going to have a beautiful office yeah. and I'm going to feel good when I come in here. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because if I feel good, then I do my work so much better. I'm so much better for my clients. Yeah, just with simple things. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's really about organization mm-hmm. because I think that lends itself to clarity.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree
1: with that. And then a pretty comfy chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about functionality on
0: shelves because I love your shelves. She's got this beautiful gold uh, metal shelving with the glass and it's gorgeous, gorgeous. I have white shelves and I tried to make them more minimal and I've got like functionality because I have all of my favorite books up there. And especially when I'm doing podcasts or things like that, I could pull them down to reference. So that's helpful. Then I just have some pretty things that I like to have on there that just make me happy and make me feel good. Yes. And then I don't want them to be too cluttered, but I still find that I feel like I need to make a couple tweaks. Are there any things that you think are must-haves on your shelf to fill them
1: out or something that would be helpful for us? Yes. One thing, I think that you need a plant. Okay, love that. Now, if you are not a green thumb, I am not. Mm -hmm. I kill plants. I don't grow them. There are some beautiful options that are artificial. Mm -hmm. There's something about having... Something green, it it just brings life to the space.
0: Yeah, even
1: if it's artificial, it's really a mental trick. It just brings some life to the space. The other thing that I'm a huge fan of is you need pictures of your kids. Yeah, I think that's important too because that's really the reason we do what we do, right? At the end of the day, we do it to have the flexibility Mm -hmm. to be with our children and still provide something, some kind of service, or some kind of product that we're passionate about. So I think just having that also helps me remember when it's time to stop. I love that. When it's time to close the door on the work office mm-hmm. and go out and be mom.
0: Yeah. It's like that reinforcement of your why, why you're doing this. It can help keep you going as you're going throughout the day. I love yes. that's totally beautiful and functional at the same time. <laughs> that's what you're, you're awesome. at. That is my deal. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so something else about functionality that I specifically wanted to ask you this question, because my friend works at Sherwin-Williams, and we started to have this conversation the other day about color on the wall. Oh, yes. We were talking about how the gray trend was very big, and now in 2021, it's fading out, and it's going into those more warmer neutrals. And she brought up color psychology because she was saying how the gray trend plus everything that went on with COVID and we were all right. stuck in our houses it could be like spurring something because it was that gray and muted and could dampen things and how the warm trend can warm things up and make a space cozier And I told her that they needed to write a whole article and get psychologists in on this. Can you talk to us about picking colors on our wall? If you have any color psychology, I know that we've talked about this in my previous life of how, you know, color psychology. So walk us through what we should think about when it comes to the rest of the space, the walls, maybe the floors and the
1: coloring there. Yes, absolutely. It's amazing how much we are impacted by the colors around us that we don't even, we don't even register. Mm-hmm. It's just the way our brains are built and the visual cues that come up from color. It's one of my favorite topics. Yes. So any kind of color in nature, so blues and greens, especially in the softer tones okay. are really, really good for an office space mm-hmm. because they keep you calm. Yep. And we don't want to paint anything bright red. Mm-hmm. We don't like those high energy colors. Yeah. And that's what happens is it makes you feel aggressive or agitated. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how you don't know why yeah. you just come in a space and you're like, okay, something feels off. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients that have called me and said, I need your help because my house makes me mad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. And I walk in and I'm like, well, the colors are wrong. Yeah. You know, hot pinks. And, you know, if that's your branding,
0: mm-hmm.
1: bring it in somewhere else. Bring it in another way. Don't put it on the wall. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients and they'll have logos or whatever Mm -hmm. behind them when they're doing their Zoom calls. And that's great. But that's the way to do it. Make it a sign. Make it a piece of art. Make it decorative instead of, I've painted my entire wall red. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how intricate our brains are and how Mm -hmm. they work and pick up on these visual cues that we're not really aware of.
0: Mm -hmm. So when I was a stylist towards the end of my career, I went really heavy into color psychology, as you know, (laughs) and I remember doing my research as everybody knows on this podcast, I'm a research fiend. And I remember reading, just think of a spa. You would never see a red spa because the cooler tones just mentally make you relax more. And when you think about a checkout button on a web page, those are typically red because those warmer, brighter type of colors, those ones all trigger your brain to react and yes. make you move. And so that totally makes sense. Like, yes, we want to move in our business and we want things to go, but you can't go, go, go all the time. You'll be exhausted. Right. And right. Us high achievers, overachievers that all of us are, that we're listening to this podcast. I don't think we need any extra thing to make us No, we do
1: not. We do not need bright red walls to encourage us to work.
0: (laughs) We got that under control.
1: For sure. (laughs) I love that. Yes, absolutely. And what I am finding is yes, I would definitely agree that those cooler grays for a while, it was like this bright and it felt good. Clean. And then it started to feel a little too stark. Yeah. Is the best way to describe it, which is why I'm so happy that we're moving back towards warmer tones. Mm-hmm. For those that have been around for a little while, we're not going taupe. Mm-hmm. We're not going mauve. Okay. Not <laughs> those going These are not, they're not. And we're actually moving back towards what we in the industry affectionately call grayish. It's your warm tone grays. Mm-hmm. So the grays are still there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they're warmer. And the beauty of it is, If you put brown things next to it, like a wood floor, it pulls more of that beige color. Mm -hmm. If you put a flooring that has more gray in it, it's Mm -hmm. going to look more gray. So I like to call those the camouflage colors. Love that. Yeah. The other big thing for me is find a color you love. You can go and you can look online and they'll say, this is the best color for your office. It doesn't really matter if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My office is pink which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy because that's not a color that I am normally drawn to. But when I redid this office two years ago, it was gray.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: And I was over the gray Uh and I was starting to do some online work Mm -hmm. and I was like, it's pretty, Mm -hmm. it's soft, Mm -hmm. it's welcoming. And I wanted something different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and every other meeting I had, somebody had a navy blue wall or a gray wall or, and I was like, no, I want something different. Yeah. And this is another thing. I always tell people to look at the color that's in your closet.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Because if you're drawn to that color to wear it, mm-hmm. you enjoy looking at that color. So that should be what's on your walls.
0: I love that. So if we want to go color, think about the colors that we like. And that is a great place to get started. If you yes. want the pieces in our room to be able to stand out and our walls to kind of fade, but we don't want them to be a detriment to us and making us dreary or anything like that. Then we should go more neutral right now. We would be talking this like tan gray type of undertone or what about white? Do you recommend that or
1: softer white? Um, Whites are a little fussy. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Sometimes they start to feel like hospital. Which, I mean, none of our hospitals are white anymore. Right. But so many of our thought patterns Mm -hmm. and how we react to colors are so entrenched Mm -hmm. from societal norms. Yes. From when we were kids. Mm -hmm. So the only way that I would recommend to paint the walls white Mm -hmm. is if you are really going to go with color in furnishings or artwork or Mm -hmm. things like that. Because I think visually we need something a little softer to look at.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love to talk about science with a strategy. And so that's totally what you have here. You know, color psychology, which means, you know, more about how the brain works. And so you really mesh like how our brain functions using design to best support that and making sure our space around us, a lot of it is subconscious. So how can we mesh the two? So we're always working our best and optimizing. I love, love, love that. So our first boundary is a dedicated workspace. Then we've got the functionality inside of being highly organized having a clear desk, having the right chair that's pretty, but also functional. We've got our shelves in order with some life, having the plants in there, our pictures of our kids. And then we've got our walls. We've got a neutral color, our camouflage color, if we need it, or we can go with a softer color that we love, that we know we are good with. Yes, yes. Let's talk about how you can support people here. So we're learning these tips and maybe- Other women who are listening are like, okay, I love this and I need an update. I don't have my boundary set. I need help setting up my space. What are some things that we should think about in order to take that next step to actually take action? Because I'm all about consuming the content and then taking action. So what should we do next?
1: Yes. So the first thing is to figure out what your dedicated space is. Okay. We're all working with budgets. We all have budget constraints always. Mm -hmm. So it may not be that you can go out and create this amazing office right out the gate. That's okay. But the big thing is to make sure that you have set aside the space Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then you get a desk and a good chair, and then you roll with it. And as you have time and money, then you add in other things that help with the functionality. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing, the first step is to say, I am not going to work sitting on the sofa Mm -hmm. in front of the television. Mm -hmm. I am not going to be on my phone when I'm playing with my kids. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not going to work in the kitchen where we're supposed to be having family dinner. Yeah. And those are things that everybody can do right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They don't require any money. Yes. They require our commitment to doing it the right way for us and for our families.
0: I love that. So, step one, if you are ready to change things up, is figure out what your space is, then work on getting that desk and that clean organization, and then the chair in place. And then you can head to the walls, the shelves, all the fun, pretty stuff, right? Exactly. All the little details. I love that. And so, if people would like your support, like Suzanne, help me out here. (laughs) I got the desk, I got the chair, or maybe I need help with it all. I need help making this a more cohesive space that I can walk into and feel like it's my. own little oasis my getaway my space for me talk to us about how you can help
1: yes so thanks to covid Mm -hmm. i have always wanted to experiment with doing virtual design Mm -hmm. but customized it's easy to find what they call e-design but it's very generic it's we create this plan and here you go okay My business is much more collaborative. So I love working individually with my clients to find out exactly what they need. Mm -hmm. So it's fully customized and I'm big on it It has to be unique. Mm -hmm. I don't want my customers to have what their neighbors have and Mm -hmm. their sister-in-law has and their best friend. I want it to be a reflection of them. So COVID pushed me into virtual design Mm -hmm. and I have really enjoyed it. And I'm keeping it now that we're back in person because it allows me to help clients anywhere. Mm -hmm. And basically what we'll do is we'll do a virtual walkthrough. Typically my clients will just take their phone and do a video and walk through the space. Sometimes we'll do some measurements and things like that, depending on what they need. The other thing that I have available because I had a lot of customers that we would do big stuff in their Mm -hmm. home. And then they're like, well, but I want to shop for the accessories. I want to shop for the stuff that's on my shelf or mm-hmm. the art that I'm going to put on the wall or the rug or whatever. But then they get out to the store and they're like, well, does this go?
0: Mm-hmm. Does,
1: is this going to work? Does this match what we're doing? So I now have a service called designer on call
0: okay.
1: that after we do the initial consultation, so I can see your space. You can email or text me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and say, Hey, I was out at the store and I saw this picture or I saw this rug. Will this work? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we just need that expert to say, Yes, yes, this is good. You're going in the right direction or no, stop. Don't do that. <laughs> and yeah. so just, just having that friend yes. who knows what they're talking about mm-hmm. to say, Okay, that's perfect. That's going to be amazing. Good job. Yeah. Or, Hey, I love that you're being creative, but let's go a different direction. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think you
0: having an eye too, for the cohesion, like, so you go through, you see the virtual walkthrough, you know, the measurements. And then from there, you're giving them an action plan of, okay, here's what the space would look like. Here's what I think. I know your style. I know you, I know functionality. So you have all these other gears that are working in the background to make this thing run. And so that totally makes sense to have you be able to share Okay, yeah, that works, or mm, the scale won't work, or you don't have enough space on that shelf, or like you know, right. all the other inner workings, and that is an amazing opportunity. So, yes. your support, I think, is invaluable for all of us mompreneurs, especially getting our spaces in order. Yes. Love it. All right. If you're ready, let's move on to the rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So first thing, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive aside, anything you shared with us so far?
1: I would say that the other thing that I do is I schedule time just to be mom. Love it. And that way I don't have any guilt. Mm -hmm. I don't have guilt about I'm ignoring my business or my clients, but it also allows me to be fully present. And it's like, no, this is family time. This is what we're doing. And we've implemented that this year. Okay. I've not always been good at that. (laughs) I was the mom sitting next to my child, watching cartoons and on my phone working. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect at it by Mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination, but when we implement it, everyone in this household is happier. Yeah. Including me.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what I talk about with my audio training, the mompreneur with ease method, which is my personal life framework, how I figured out to be as present and productive as I can be so far with two under two, you know, which is not always the easiest feat. That's a huge Um, challenge. (laughs) Yeah, but that's exactly what I realized. I need my mom time and I need my work time. And yes, we've drilled it down even more to. My husband and I each have our own me time nights. So Wednesday is mine and Thursday is his where the other one has the monitor and you get to go do whatever you want to do. We yeah. also have our lazy mornings and it's scheduled. Like it's on our calendar. Cause you know, if you don't put it on your calendar, it's not, it doesn't happen. happen. Yeah. Right. And we just added in this week, actually Monday night, my husband is with our son and I'm with my daughter and then we flip flop and we just That's have nice. some one-on-one time because yeah. You know, when you have multiple, it can be hard sometimes when you're always with both of them that you don't feel like just like with your business, you don't feel like you can give them both your full attention. So we wanted to make sure we could at least get that started now with them being so young. And then hopefully it's just ingrained in having all of these segments of scheduled parent time and date nights. Yes. We do have our at home spouse night every Tuesday night. (laughs) We do have that awesome. All right. Tell me what is the number one essential support you have that you can't live without besides what you've already shared with us.
1: So for me, I have outsourced food.
0: Love it. Tell me, tell me all about it.
1: I love to cook. Mm -hmm. I love to cook, but when I cook, it's a massive undertaking and I cook fancy meals and, (laughs) you know, 400 ingredients and Mm -hmm. all the things. And while I love it, it was creating stress. Mm-hmm. because for our family, family meals are a priority. Mm-hmm. We have dinner together every single night. And in order for me to do that, I'm like, I can't juggle all the things. I can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing friend who's a chef okay who opened a meal service business. love it. Here where I live. Mm-hmm. I keep telling her she needs to franchise it because yeah. everybody needs it but it's all fresh ingredients. I don't have to cook. Mm -hmm. It's cooked. Mm -hmm. It's packaged. I literally take the lid off and stick it in the oven. Love it. And what it's allowed is, first of all, we eat better Mm -hmm. because all the ingredients are fresh. She has different menus. It's saved on time and money. And so not having to also figure out how to feed my family in that five to six window has been a game changer for us.
0: I love that. And
1: then what I do is when I want to cook, I cook on the weekends. There you go.
0: You still can have it. You don't have to give everything up. I think that is so helpful. All right. Next one. What is your go-to self-care routine?
1: Okay. I am a huge, huge, huge proponent of all moms need self-care. If we don't take care of ourselves, we cannot take care of anyone else. Mm -hmm. They get leftovers. When mm. we don't take care of ourselves. Mm.
0: I love um, that analogy. I always I'm, talk about the oxygen mask theory, but I love the leftovers. That's but a good You know one. what? It's
1: so true though. Mm-hmm. Like it's a joke in our family because we're finishing up dinner and my husband's like, do you want cookies after your bath? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. yes <laughs> <That's, I do." laughs> thank you. I will take that and I will go have my bath. <laughs> yes. And it's, and it's just like, they know realistically we have to have things we can do at home. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do my bath, Mm -hmm. I have masks (laughs) and I'll put one of those on and turn the music on and I close the door and I literally stay in the bathtub until the water's cold because I just need to decompress. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm just working on a complicated design problem and I need time to just clear my head.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And when I can relax, the ideas start to flow. I think it's why we all have ideas in the shower. I think it's the same
0: concept. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've read studies about water flow and how it helps the flow of Interesting. ideas. Yeah, there's some research there. And so when we were buying our house that we're in now, one of the big things on my list was I wanted us to be able to be by some form of water so that we can see it from our offices so that that flow of ideas could always happen. And we were fortunate enough that we we have a pond I'm staring at it right now. We have a pond right across the street from us that's in our neighborhood. And so I totally feel you there. Uh-huh. All right. Last one. Tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur moment. Think kids running through a zoom call with underwear on their heads. Give me your one funniest story
1: that you can share with us that we can totally relate to. Well, the funniest part about this is that it wasn't my child. I love it. (laughs) I'm also a big proponent of having a business coach. So I'm on a zoom call with my coach. It's just the two (laughs) of us. And my husband just walked right in and I'm like, the door is closed, sign is up. And he's like, Oh, are you on a call? And I'm like, well, my door is right there. Like (laughs) you, you can see what I'm doing. The best part was I wasn't on mute. You know, I didn't think about it. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yelling at him.
0: Your other children in your life, maybe not your
1: birth children. And I love him dearly. And he's super supportive of my businesses and and giving me anything that I need to do mm. what I need to do, which I know is a, a tremendous gift. Yeah. But it's just funny how, because I was mom for so long, right, right. And I'm the go-to. So whether it's my son or my husband, it's like, <laughs> well, honey, where is the? Oh, I can you print this? I need this. Where is this in the pantry? It's yeah. just life. And yeah. I, I'm so thankful. As crazy as it sounds, with the shutdown, I think that allowed us to be more human mm-hmm. in our business interactions but I think it also allows us to give each other much more grace. Yeah. So you know what? We're all working from home and we have kids and we have dogs and we have husbands and we have life Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be perfect and Mm -hmm. on all the time. I think we do better as women and as moms in our businesses when we let our clients know that we're real people.
0: Oh, I love that. Suzanne, thank you so much for all of these great insights, for your expertise. Can you go ahead, as we wrap this up, tell us where everybody can find you and any other information they need to know about using you and your services?
1: Yes, I have a website. You can reach me through that, which is Suzanne M Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y.com. And for any listeners that want to use my services, you just let me know that you heard about me on the podcast and use the code mom 50 and you'll get $50 off any service.
0: So generous. Thank you so much for doing that. Everything will be linked in the show notes. So you can head right to Suzanne's website. I will make sure to write that code down so that you guys get it. And if you have questions, you can reach out to Suzanne. Suzanne, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that we got to do this and I can't wait for us to talk again soon. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Want more? Head to the mompreneurguy.com to grab my personal framework for living a present and productive life and to hear my real time ahas on Telegram. See you next time!